1: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of the two weekly pods from the Heart and Hand team. My name's David Edgar and I'm your host as always and joining me today to discuss a a very cold night we spent together in Ayrshire is Mr Ian Hogg. Hello there my friend.
0: Good evening mate, good evening, you well?
1: I've been better, I was better two days ago before Rangers turned in such a limp performance away to Kilmarnock. Uh, Rangers took the lead uh, early on new signing Jermaine Defoe popping up at the back post real Poacher's goal just the type of thing that he's been signed to do and Rangers were in total control but as I'm sure you all know we then completely sold a goal with a dreadful mistake from Joe Warrell. it gets worse every time you see it no danger at all he's got the ball and uh, Brophy's about five six yards away from him, and he somehow contrives to lose the ball and allow Brophy a run in and goal, which he then puts the ball past Alan McGregor. Rangers. For my money at that point Hoggy completely fell apart uh, and the performance went down the toilet Uh, in the second half just to compound a night where Rangers were doing most of the pressing it wasn't like we were doing much attacking but a second defensive error bad square ball followed up by Gareth McCauley allowing Jordan Jones of all people and let's face it it was always going to be him to get a shot away from distance which Alan McGregor Should have saved Now Alan McGregor Certainly got enough Credit in the bank Not to be angry at him But still It was an error And Rangers had Somehow managed To throw away Three points Then to throw away A point And never looked Likely to get Back in the match Hoggy we were Stood at the back Of the Moffat stand Watching it unfold Through the cracks In our fingers
0: Yeah Do you know First 20 minutes uh, I'm sure we're going To come on to Formation And who played And all the rest of it First 20 minutes Kilmarnock weren't, Weren't in the game um Morelos gets a great header from a corner, scalps the post. And after that the the basically the the ceiling caved in. Um I mean we did we started off brightly enough and, and the formation looked okay. We looked a little bit blunt going down the wings even in the first twenty minutes, but but it looked generally okay. And then Joe Worrell got the ball. Um and I I fear for the guy actually going forward. No, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second, David. You know, Joe Worrell gets the ball and takes a touch and takes another touch and takes a third touch. And of course, at that point, I've I've watched it back maybe about five times now, wondering just what the hell is he actually trying to do? This this is a, um, a so-called £10 million-rated defender, albeit in the inflated English market, and an English under-21 internationalist. What the hell was he doing yet again? You know, he's—I uh, think you described him last night as amoruso light. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think little Amoruso was. Well, uh, little
0: Amoruso, it, yeah, he's, just t- total, total brain fart, you know. And and from that point, it felt as if it—you um, know—deflated the fans. It definitely it, deflated
1: it, the fans. You could feel it. We huh. were deflated. I mean, it's not as seen. We were just. Viewing the crowd, we were part of it. We felt it. And it sucked the air right out of the range of support. But it also seemed to do the same to the team.
0: For really about the next 30 minutes or so. Um, uh, 30, 40 minutes. Because the rest of that half, there was really only one team in it. You know, Kilmarnock were bossing it. They maybe weren't making loads of chances. and the stats show, they didn't make a lot of chances. But Kilmarnock bossed it, and they bossed it in the middle of the park. They had three industrious players buzzing about our guys and just wouldn't let our guys settle.
1: Their ambitions uh, were less than ours. They, they, they weren't trying to make the play. Their their way of playing against us, and it works, clearly, was get on them. Get in their faces. Um, Don't give them any time. Crack your man. Close off all space. Also if they are putting together some good moves, break it up with fouls. When you get the ball, go down, frustrate them, and it worked. And they did the same at Ibrox. With the, the theory going, we'll get a chance. You know, we'll get, when chances come, we'll we'll get one or two and we'll take them. And we gave them two, and I mean gave them, and they did take them. So their game plan was executed perfectly. What frustrated me was it wasn't anything different from the last time we played them, and we fell for it again.
0: Not at all. And, um, you're right. Even at one one, Kamala were happy at one one because they knew they knew that we were gonna to have to come after them, we were gonna go and press them, it would leave spaces. You're right. You know, I mentioned to you during the match, and when I say mentioned, I'm fairly sure there was about eight expletives in the one sentence. <laughs> at the at the absolute naivety of our, our players, we we know fine well that Steve Clark is gonna drill his team and these ball boys that turned out. Um to pull every trick, you know, uh, out of the book and they did. You know, they enticed us into little fouls they went down easy, you know, and, and none of it's cheating. Um but our players, instead of standing up and jockeying a little bit, we rushed in, we fell for it every single time, and it ate up every free kick ate up forty sec forty to sixty seconds, multiply that by ten, there's ten minutes of the game going through our own daft naivety. Um, so that coupled with just... I I know we came back into it in the second half, even before they scored, David. But, you know, for a good 30-40 minutes, we just looked totally shell-shocked after that world goal. Uh, sorry, the, the, the Worrell mistake uh, for the Brophy goal. You may as well
1: call it a Worrell goal. Um, well,
0: indeed. Yeah. I, and, and I must admit, after the mistake... It was it was um,
1: Fernando Rickson that parked head stuff. Yeah, the first half. I the was rest of the half. I was very surprised that he came back out for the second half. Where, to be fair, he didn't do anything majorly wrong. But uh, I thought his head went in the first half. There were four or five passes afterwards. Um, watching the game back this morning. I remembered from last night that he was just completely shot. The crowd, the, the home crowd were on at him. Um, and, and he came through the second half, to be fair to him. But... Yeah, he had an absolute howler of a match. But he wasn't alone in that. Um, that I, I thought that Tavernier struggled badly in the new system, didn't contribute much. His passing was awful, didn't get forward as much as you would want. Uh, I thought, obviously, Gareth McCauley was very poor. The midfield didn't work at all. Uh, good to see Stephen Davis back, but he didn't have a good match, didn't look fit, in all honesty. Uh, Ryan Jack was non-existent in the match, uh, couldn't, couldn't get involved. It wasn't that he wasn't trying to, he just couldn't get involved in the match. It passed him by a little bit. Uh, the, the Scott Arfield was virtually not there as well I mean, a couple of headers in the second half, that was about it And really the only, the front two did nothing, didn't really work bar to getting the goal uh, Alfie was quiet by his own standards The only player that I felt come out of it with any real credit was, was Ryan Kent and even he fell away a little bit And I, I didn't think, and I know you didn't think uh, that we were getting a goal back last night in the last 20 minutes and it reminded me of the 1-1 draw at Ibrox against Kilmarnock where it was exactly the same. The team got frustrated. They were reduced to whipping the ball in, hitting hopes really, hoping that something would just drop in the box. But Kilmarnock were too well organised at the back. They brought in an extra defender. They sat right on their six-yard box and they repelled everything.
0: Um, if ever if ever, a tactic summed up in one one sentence what you've just said there, david it would be long diagonal ball to target man Jermaine defoe mm. um and that's that's what we ended up being reduced to you know and at, at ibrooks we played 433 so i i don't think it's all to do with the formation yesterday at ibrooks we played 433 we fell into the exact same trap um and we came away with a point. Come on up, came away with a point, and we fell into the the same naivety that we saw last night. Um, daft wee fouls and hitting and long balls. Um, I mean, I think I, I I'll go back to I think the the front two worked fine for twenty minutes. If Morello scores at one nil, and instead of hitting the post, it's two nil, and the game's maybe not done, but they by have God, to come out, they, yeah. By God, they've got to open up, right? And we can probably control the possession a lot better than the we ended up doing. They get the goal, they hold on to it, and after that, the formation just looks odd. We've taken in fact, the,
1: we've we've taken the lead though at uh various times in matches now, away from home against Aberdeen, against Motherwell, against Kilmarnock, and failed to see it out. These are the points that cost you titles.
0: Well, they are. They are, of course. And um, I mean, I think if if you last night you made mention of uh, guys who maybe didn't have the greatest games. Tavernier, for example, Tavernier generally doesn't play well when Candace doesn't play in front of him. It's as just, it's just simple as that. And I know Candace is frustrating, and he's crossing can sometimes let him down. But you know, there's there's units in that team that have to play together. Otherwise, you're changing more than one player, David. If that makes sense. Um, and you know that that as I say, coupled with just as the heads go down, we've we, we ran out the game completely. We've lost now, out of a possible 66 points from 22 games, we've lost 20, uh, 24 points, I think it is. We've got 42. If you project that forward based on our form over the season, so you, know, you look at last night, I, I don't think that's an unfair extrapolation we end up the season with 75 points and that's that's nowhere near good
1: enough, David. No, correct. And uh, it will see us nowhere near where we need to be. Uh, now, we'll talk more, obviously, about the players, but the manager had a bad night at the office. Now, first of all, I'm going to try and be balanced. We do try and be balanced on here, folks, as you know, if you're a regular listener, and say it's sort of a difficult position because if he goes with the 4 in the same team that played at Parkhead which a lot of people have said this morning he should have done, then people would have been saying, had the result not gone our way, oh, well, why did you not play the phone Davis? That was ridiculous. Well, they were signed to play and they didn't get on that. That was crazy. However, he did change it to fit them in. And, of course, the result didn't go our way. So people are saying, why didn't you leave it the way it was? But that's what you get paid for at Rangers. You make the big decisions. And the way to avoid that is to make the correct one that ends up with us getting the three points. And the manager, I didn't think, had a good night last night at all. I didn't think the system looked operational once it went to one each. You're right, it was fine for 20 minutes, but once Kilmarnock got their tails up, which was always likely in the match at one point, uh, the, the Rangers didn't respond at all, which the manager has, has alluded to. I wouldn't say argued, but has alluded to, well, that's mentality. That's not so much about the system. But still, it, it looked ropey. For a lot of the match. I don't think it, it worked when we were trying to uh, trying to get back into the game. We were screaming for changes at 1-1. He waited till it was 2-1. And then a change is made. Uh, and even then it's not the 4-3-3. It's a 4-4-2. And eventually he brings Laffey on. And it was just smash the ball up the park and see if, if something happened. Um, I think that the players had a collective stinker. They were awful. And um, we will talk in a minute about their mentality. But... I do think the manager had a, a pretty poor night at the office. And I love him. Before anybody gets on at me and says, what, you want him sacked? No, of course not. That's ridiculous. But uh, I think you've got to be, you can't just say, well, I love the manager, therefore I can't criticise him. I thought he had a bad night.
0: You could be balanced and say someone was crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's, it, because they were. I mean,
1: I love Stephen cult- Davis and I'm delighted he's back, yeah. but he was poor. Yeah.
0: Exactly. You know, collectively, As a unit, as an end-to-end unit, last night, Rangers were crap. Full stop. Um, Steven Gerrard has to take his share of the blame. Absolutely. Even if you go with that system, what worried me, and I said this to you before the game, David, um, I, 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 I was an advocate before the game of the guys just went out and destroyed Celtic at Ibrox. My belief was... Those guys, therefore, should have the shots. Um, but he, he decided to change it. My issue with how he changed it, however, was with Stephen Davis at the kind of quarterback of, of a diamond. When we always knew that Kilmarnock were going to come out with three industrious, hard working, in your face uh, midfield players, and if you've got Davis and Jack and Arfield further forward, but effectively Davis and Jack. Getting pounced upon by three, then I always felt that wasn't going to work. I was a wee bit perplexed as to uh, the the omission of Ross McCrory, especially after he
1: hadn't um, done anything wrong to lose that shot. No,
0: well, exactly, but especially after the the, the pre-match for cow and beef, where Stephen Gerrard actually said, you know, it's a shame that Ross McCrory suspended because, and and this is the quote: he has the shot. Makes me wonder what the hell happened last night then, you know, between Friday and now. that it's, it's a catch-up. It's
1: a catch-22. You know, Davis and Defoe badly need games, and they won't get up to full speed if you don't give them games. I suppose the argument is Rugby Park away from home uh, against a, a high-flying Kilmarnock side maybe not the place to do it. And you're right, and this is benefit of hindsight, and I admit this is absolutely... You know, easy enough from the next day. So before anyone says you know anyone can call it the day after, you're right, and I admit that. But um, we would have been better off with the three industrious midfielders to win the midfield battle against Kelly, and then you could have brought on Davis to add the extra bit of quality and to pass the ball. But again, the suspicion might be that as a sub, there was no way with. You know, at his level of fitness currently, there's no way he would come into the side and, and just be able to get up to par in a match that was likely to be frenetic. But I think we miss Ross McCrory a great deal when he's not there because he is the one player at the club who can sit in that role, rat about for the ball, win it quite often, quite constantly, and he moves it forward so quickly and... I, d- I think we missed that last night Ryan Jack's a different type of player He has his qualities but he doesn't do that And last night Ryan Jack has a tendency When the rest of the team do it The whole team sucked each other down last night But he's a tendency to, to Go into square ball Don't take any risks mo- mode And he did that last night But to be fair he wasn't the only one.
0: Oh no the entire team went into Safety first mode I mean just, just on, on Russ McCrory I actually think he's one of the better players at Ibrox in terms of reading the play reading the ball reading what's going to happen next um, what I'm going to say here is, is 2020 hindsight and you know it, it's dead easy to say but I I would probably put money on they don't get their second goal if Ross McCrory's in the middle of the park um, because he's very very good at reading reading where it's going to go and snuffing it out before it happens um, yeah yeah so, you know, uh, go back to Steven Gerrard. He has to shoulder um, his part of the blame because he changed the system. He changed the personnel. He left probably a better, at least one of our better performers against Celtic on the bench. And um, and it didn't work. You know, the players basically didn't show after 20 minutes. Um, and we've talked about it. Heads went down collectively you and I were, were were watching the play unfold. And I mentioned to you a couple of times, David, that Macaulay alongside Worrell, I would have expected Macaulay to be in Worrell's ear the entire time after that mistake. It took him about 10 minutes to actually speak to him. Um, and it just seemed to be that after that, everyone was in safety mode for themselves.
1: Mm, nobody wanted to make an error, which of course didn't work out because Garth Macaulay did. And I have to, and I don't like doing it because... We know they can do it, they demonstrated that against Celtic, they've demonstrated it in other matches a season where they've faced real adversity and they battled through it so it's not that they don't have it, it's not like last season's team where you, you just knew they were utterly heartless, this team does possess spirit but there is a tendency and it's happened now several times so we can't say that it's an outlier, that if they feel that collectively they're off form, that mentally they retreat Um, I think is a polite way of putting it. And that, I felt, certainly happened last night, that they kind of felt sorry for themselves and felt up against it.
0: Yeah, and it would also point to, um, and I don't like saying this, David, and everyone, feel free to disagree, but it also points to Celtic, the Celtic game being the outlier, being the exception to the rule. Because we've all seen... The Motherwell game, well, I think,
1: the you know, Hearts game. away so John- and, and St Johnston. you know, they battled and, and got points there. And I mean, you could even say as bad as, as we were that day, St Mirren, when they weren't playing well, they battled it. But you, you're right to say, you know, that's now, we've played Hibs twice in the league um, and we've taken two points. We've played Kilmarnock twice in the league, we've taken one point. We've played Aberdeen twice in the league, we've taken one point. There is an issue there.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 an issue. I think with teams who are compact and sitting in, they're going hitters in the break, and they've got a bit of quality in the break, and the players that they play in midfield are industrious and they're absolutely in our face. The other thing in there is the um, Steve Steve Clark Dave, uh, David is between those three teams that we talked about: there, Kamana Cavardine, and. Uh, Hibs. Steve Clarke's far and away the, better manager, the best manager of the, of the three um, and what really concerns me is they set a team up in a reasonably similar format with industry in the midfield to get in their faces and hit us in the break especially hit us wide in the break or through the channels and all three teams have done it time and time again and we've taken whatever it is, we've taken four points out of six games um that's uh that you know, I I, I really think Stephen Gerrard could be a superb manager for us. But four points out of six games with three teams playing pretty much the exact same way against us points to not learn the lessons.
1: Yeah, and I think that the players um fall into the same trap time after time. And it just dissipated all the good feeling that we'd had since uh since the twenty of December and that's a shame because the fans were on a higher win last night would have really propelled it, but it didn't happen and now we have to we have to start again. And we've got to go into now what looks a, a very tough match away at Livingston, another plastic pitch, um which you know they struggled badly on the last time, turned in a shocker of a display, um, rivaling last night's for the worst of the season. Uh, last night's probably at least you could say they had twenty good minutes, at, which was twenty minutes more than we had at Levy the last time. And there's no pressure in Levy; they'll be buying up for this because they'll know what they need to do, which is be physical, be in our faces, be cynical. And if they can do that, then Rangers have proven that we can be got at, we can be put out of our stride. The side will have to display character that they did not display last night and now they don't have the excuse of, ah well, you know, we've been playing so many games, Europe etc, they've had a rest, they're back, they should be fresh there's new players, this is now about go out there and demonstrate how much you want this.
0: And Livingston have got absolutely no pressure on them on Sunday. They're 7th in the league, you know, they slipped down the table a wee bit, but they are 17 points ahead of Dundee in 11th place. Oh, they're not going down you know, so they're they're are nowhere near, but they're six points away from the top six. So, they they are almost the best of the bottom half, if you like, at the minute. So they're not going down. They'll end up kind of maybe mid to two two thirds of the way down the table. No pressure on them on Sunday at all. Which us, we've got to go there and win. Um, and. I'd love, I'd love to see him confident, David.
1: But I wouldn't be sticking the mortgage on it just now. Do you anticipate any changes in terms of system? Do we think we'll see the the four four two diamond again? Do we think we'll see a reversion to the four three three? Any significant team changes? What are your thoughts? Now, as we're recording this, it's the night before the press conference, obviously, so we don't have updates on the likes of Connor Goldson or whatever. But uh, what would your thinking be with the knowledge that
0: we have at the moment? Um, Go back to 4-3-3 Livingston will play Three central midfielders And two wider guys Who will then tuck in to make a five Um, They did the last time They'll do it this time They'll want to be tight and compact For us to go with a narrow midfield I think would be nuts Because we're just effectively playing into the traffic I think we've got to go back to the 4-3-3 Players aside for a second Ross McCrory has to play as that deep-line central midfielder, effectively to, to combat them as well, read the play and provide the industry. Um, then it's two of Arfield, Jack and Davis. Arfield's going to play because he, he's, he's our main guy getting forward, if you like. And... Um, so it's between Davis and Jack, and for me, it's whoever whoever's going to be fit enough after last night. Ryan Jack took a right sober one. He did. He uh, kind of hobbled through the last half hour. Stephen Davis isn't fully match fit yet, so toss a coin. Um, if if uh, my preference would be Davis, quite clearly, um, I would have Kandace back to provide having your cover but also because they just work as a unit. I've banged on about it all season. They work as a unit, and when one of them's not... When when Candace isn't there in front of Tavernier, it blunts him going forward, but it also makes him susceptible from a, defending, a defensive point of view. Um, and it means Ryan Jack goes back out left. Now... Then you've got a call to make.
1: Is it Morelos or Defoe up front? For me, I'd go Morelos and I'd put Defoe on the bench. Um, I'd be tempted to do that because he's useful to bring on and absolutely say to him, you you will have a part to play in this match at some point, but we're going to start off with this. At the back, if Golden is fit, then he'll play. We know that. He's, He's the one that's got the position nailed down. Macaulay's had a nightmare last night. Um Worrell has had I don't even have the word for it, I don't am well, not a polite one anyway. Um I'd be looking at Katic. that's without knowing what goes on in training, attitude, anything like that. You hear rumours but we don't know. But Goldson and Katic, and I'm not saying they haven't had bad games because they have, they absolutely have but you have to say that on the evidence of what we've witnessed all season so far in terms of a partnership, the best one and I don't even think it's debatable has been Goldson and Katic Don't disagree
0: David, I think uh, Joe Worrell's a bit of an enigma and there's me being really polite about it Um, in so much as he can play against Celtic and he obviously feels that he belongs at that level. It's that kind of Lidl so that you talked about. He believes that he can play, he's ready and right for that level, so he turns in a, a magnificent performance on the 29th of December. And then we get last night, but if I'm being brutally honest, over the course of his performances, there hasn't been enough um, Villarreal aways and Celtic at Ibrox. There's been too many crap or poor performances, there's been too many mistakes. Last night was the worst of the lot. So it really, I have to say, grates with me that he's in ahead of Katic, when Katic, frankly, is ours. Mm. Katic is our asset. Um, Now, I know there was a clamour for, don't send Warlow back to Nottingham Forest, he had such a good game against Celtic. I think last night. 8,000 Rangers fans were thinking, get on the phone to Martin O'Neill and fucking send him packing. There's a cold light a day thing to go on now. You know, can he come back from it? Yes or no. Mental strength? Yes or no. But I would be playing, certainly Katic and if not Katic it would be Goldson McCallie. McCauley. I, I, I just hope Goldson is fit.
1: Well, that's what we think Rangers should do, but I don't know, I suspect we might see the same thing again um, and I think that with the thought being well they just played so badly wasn't the system and if they play better we'll get the victory so I I don't know if I see any significant changes with, apart from maybe Connor Goldson coming into the side it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me or possibly Ross McCrory coming in uh, in which case he has to play at the base of the diamond I mean there's just no doubt about that at all but I think last night left is far too reliant on Davis who you hope can create but Kent, who was the only one who looked liable And we were far too reliant on him To be fair, he looked really sharp It was good to see him again after his injuries And we know he he put in a hell of a performance Against Celtic, half fit But he, he's such a good player He's such an exciting player, isn't he, Hoggy? Oh,
0: he's he's, he's superb I mean, against Celtic, half fit He was uh, terrific And last night, for about 60 minutes He was, he was our best player You know, uh, hands down the issue with Ryan Kent last night, playing playing in that formation was he got frustrated at not getting the ball because we were playing the safe option. So he himself started coming deep or, you know, coming a wee bit more central or hugging the touch line and taking a man out of midfield. And it was almost a kind of, you know, because of his um, frustration, it was leaving as a man light in certain areas of the park where he was supposed to be. So... You know, it's a we've been playing four three three all season. I absolutely get that a changed formation takes a wee while to bed in. Um, but again, I I just felt Kent was great, but it blunted his performance. Tavernier blunted his performance. Uh, Arfield, I felt it blunted his performance a little bit, and same with Morelos, etc. Um, that's why I would I would go to the safety of the four three three, if you like. Because it's tried and tested. And I know that we've been to places like Dundee, Aberdeen, Motherwell, um, Livingston, and not one. I get that. But, you know, we go back to the tried and tested. No one find well, we can change it. Now with the personnel that comes off the bench. The issue in the first half of the season was the guys on the bench couldn't change matches. Mm. Now we've got personnel that can do that. The time to experiment a wee bit more is against the likes of, and you know I don't mean any disrespect to them, it's going to sound like it, but do you know what, I probably don't care, uh, St Myrna Ibricks. Yeah, Go, for, go yeah. 4-4-2 then. And, uh, yeah. An attacking position base, take the game to them, four Don't do it at Kilmarnock, don't do it at Livingston, when you know that we're going to bloody struggle and it's going to be a right battle.
1: Yeah, I, I I do kind of warn the Bears ahead of it. I think that it's going to be a struggle um, on Sunday, regardless, even you know if we go on and get the victory. I don't think it's going to be a champagne performance. It'll be a sleeve-rolled-up job if we're to, to get the victory. OK, folks... Uh Thank you for joining us on Heart and Hand Extra this week. We will be back on Monday with a full review of the match and a look ahead to the match against Cowdenbeef, the rescheduled cup match. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can visit our Patreon site. That's patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand, where you will find uh, as we found out this week, over 100 podcasts per month go out on that site on everything. Uh, you'll get stuff about football, you'll get stuff about Rangers, you'll get stuff about football history, you'll get stuff about pop culture you'll even get stuff about wrestling if that's your thing uh, there's so much going on there it's just $1.99 per month and if you like this I guarantee you'll like that so just time to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers and to thank my guest the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg no worries mate I hope your team wins on Sunday aye so do I thank you very much for joining us folks and uh, keep your ears and eyes peeled for us on Monday until then have a good one take care bye